My name is Peter Hatfield, I'm a student in the department um, and I just chose to introduce my talk with this uh, little poem because I think it's quite kind of relevant for astronomers because we have to deal with uh, kind of extremely long time periods um, and we have to deal with sort of extremely large things and the most small things. I, I study a kind of patch of sky that's four times the area of the moon on the sky uh, and there's half a million galaxies in that, each of which is hundreds of billions of stars uh, and some of these are 10 billion years away um, and way back in the past, just close after the Big Bang. So you have to be able to deal with sort of huge time frames and, and times. Uh, and the relevant fact for this that, uh, that there's more stars in the universe that you can see in the sky than there are grains of sand on the beaches of all Earth. Um, so ju just to make sure we know where we are and what we're kind of studying as an astronomers, um, we're in Oxford at the moment, which is on Earth. Earth is one of the planets that orbits our star, the Sun, and the Sun is just one of many, um, many such stars in our galaxy, the Milky Way. Uh, and then there's uncountable other galaxies that make up the entire universe. And I kind of study how, what's the step between the galaxies and the entire universe? How are they structured? How do all these galaxies relate to each other? So, so this is just four times the sky, size of the moon, the moon on the sky, and each individual dot is a whole galaxy. I kind of use statistics to look at these to see how they kind of change from the beginning of the universe up until today. Um, so pick out something like this, for example. We want to kind of understand how, how do galaxies evolve and how do they get to the galaxies that we see today. So what do you think is, we've got two galaxies here, a smaller one and a bigger one. What do you think is happening in these pictures. Excellent. So these two galaxies are kind of colliding, and then in maybe a few more billion years' time, they'll have just one, formed one slightly bigger galaxy. So what do you think is happening in this picture? One galaxy is splitting in half. One galaxy is splitting in half. That's a good guess. So it's kind of a bit harder to tell with this one, isn't it? So um, it's quite hard because you only see like a kind of snapshot of the galaxies to tell whether these are galaxies that are going apart or going towards each other, or maybe they're going like that. Um, so with situations like this, we don't really know. We only get to see what's in the sky. We don't get to kind of choose what we see. Um, so astronomers have kind of had to come up with uh, different approaches to answering questions like this. We've been able to build better and better telescopes over the last 50 years, um, but there's a new approach that involves computers. So. Put your hands up if you owned one of these. Put your hands up if you've owned one of these. Put your hands up if you haven't ever seen, if you don't know what this is. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, as I'm sure you all know, computers over, since they're, since they're invented, have got increasingly better, sort of doubling every 18 months, as people often say, in how powerful they are. Uh, and, and we often use computers to kind of simulate and solve problems uh, in a variety of fields. So. Um, this often, this, if we simulate something on a computer, it means you don't actually have to do the real experiment. So people do things like, this is a component of a jet engine. Jet engines are very expensive to build. It's much better to do a sim computer simulation, and then you can do it a thousand different times in different ways, rather than building a thousand different jet engines. 
Another common application is things like investigating climate change. So the reason you need to do a simulation there is because there's only one planet Earth. It's not good enough to just wait 50 years and find out what happens. It'd be a lot better if we could they get, let a computer tell us what actually is going to happen. Um, so the reason that astronomers want to use this is there's only one universe. We kind of only get to see an instantaneous snapshot of what's going on. We don't kind of get to see um, what we're to see. So if we could simulate the whole universe, we could kind of look at what we wanted to look at. Questions like, for example, are massive galaxies, are they formed from lots of smaller galaxies merging? Or are they formed from kind of star formation building up slowly or anything else? We only see the massive galaxy. We can't see what went into it. But maybe a simulation can help us answer questions like that. So with a simulation uh, in a computer, you need to kind of set it up what's the beginning, and then you kind of need rules for how to move this forward in time. So if you were kind of working out the weather tomorrow, you kind of put into the computer what's the weather right now, and then you give the computer a set of rules saying maybe, OK, if it's raining tomorrow today, then we think it's going to be uh, clear tomorrow because all the water's already gone out of the system. So that would be a very simple computer simulation. Um, so if we're going to simulate the universe, we need to know what was right at the beginning of the universe, and then we need to know uh, what processes are going on as the universe moves forward in time. And then hopefully we can run it right up to the current day, and if we're right, it'll look like how the universe looks today. So what does the universe look at the beginning? Um, just after the Big Bang. Fortunately, um, we get something like this. You might have seen pictures like this around the displays today. This is the cosmic microwave background radiation. Um, so this is actually a sphere that people often flattened to look like that. The red patches are where it's a bit hotter and denser. Blue is where it's a bit colder and less dense. And this is from 300,000 years after the Big Bang, so not quite the very beginning, but if the universe is 13 billion years old, this is basically right at the beginning of the universe. This is what we get. This is our snapshot of the beginning of the universe. We then want to use our understanding of how physics works to see how this goes forward to the universe we see today. So more dense things kind of merge um, because of gravity, and hopefully that will pull things in. And then hopefully, if we understand our physics, galaxies will start to form there. But this is a hugely complicated thing. This is, as I'm sure you can appreciate, it's the hard bit of it. How do galaxies form? Because you've, you've got to think black holes and supernovae and a myriad of different things. And that's really where the difficult process is. But people can do this. Um, this is, so a simulation I work on is called the Horizon AGN simulation. This is a supercomputer that runs calculations like this. It's in Barcelona, and it's called the Mare Nostrum supercomputer, which is the Latin uh, word for the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, and I only discovered doing research for this talk, but it's actually in an old church, which is quite cool. Um, so this um, took four, four million... If, if you'd run this simulation on your like, desktop PC, it would have taken four million years. But this took four weeks. Um, so it's a very powerful computer. There's kind of two ways of doing simulations of the universe. Sometimes people just simulate the dark matter, so I'm sure you've heard in other talks. There's thought to be a type of matter that doesn't interact with anything else. This behaves very simply, so you can kind of simulate more of it, as it were. Or you can do a more complex simulation that involves like, all the gas and stars and everything. Um, but then you can only kind of do a smaller volume. So this is kind of one of the most recent simulations that takes into account gas and everything. Um, so hopefully, if, everyone, if, we've all put, if the right physics is put into the simulation, it will look something like the real universe. So this is how it's grown. So each of those tiny dots is a galaxy. So that's the power of gravity causing them to clump together. Um, just to show you a zoomed in version. 
Um, so the task then is to say, does this compare with the real universe? Can we derive something from the simulation about how galaxies are formed that we can't tell just by looking at it? You've then got a complicated task of turning, comparing this to the actual night sky. Um, when we look at the night sky, you always look through a telescope. Telescopes can be seen in different colours. There's different details. So there's a, you also have to simulate your telescope. You also have to simulate what light these galaxies are giving off. But this is the end result. This is kind of what the sky would look like, have looked like if we'd lived inside that simulation. Uh, and now a lot of people are kind of working on, does this look like the real universe? What can we tell from the simulation that we couldn't have told from real data? Um, that's the end of my talk. Just to kind of leave on the sand theme. Um, if you take a single grain of sand from the beach and kind of hold it up on the night sky, that's 10,000 galaxies behind that grain of sand. So that kind of hopefully illustrates the difficulties of simulating such a huge universe full of all sorts of strange and wonderful things. Any questions?